Is this thing on? Hello? Yes, I'm here. Okay, let's go. Once again to another episode of Scare Traducing, the horror podcast that is serious about series, aka literally the worst name for a podcast. And I would like to introduce a new tagline for our show, which is the Eternally Unwell podcast. <laughs> um, the reason being two weeks. <coughs> there, that's all that needs to be explained. <laughs> that's it. Oops. Um, so I'm Cal McNabb. And I'm Gisela Martinez. And today we are talking The Exorcist 3, carrying on with The Exorcist miniseries. What else? Again, thank you to Chris O'Brien for the intro. That's not us in that one, that's him. And I'm trying to think if we've got anything else to say. Don't think so. It's International Podcast Day. Woohoo! Woohoo, indeed. And oh, I know something interesting. What? You know, folks who are listening. You know how you think you know someone, and then you ask them a question, and all of a sudden you get completely shocked. Last oh. night. <laughs> oh my god, you can't get over this. I just it, so I was on some list website, and I it was like asking. I think it's collecting data for like the best horror films of all time or whatever, and had to enter a list of five, and I thought I'll pick two. I'll let Isella pick two, and then I'll. Like, what's the one that we agree on, like, that really, like, I picked that one, I assume the Babadook is yeah. the one that we agree on. Yeah. And then my two were The Shining and The Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. because they terrify me. And I turned to you and I said, question, pick two horror films. Just, don't think about it, just pick two horror films. If, you, if you're going to sit down and watch a horror film, what are you putting on? And your first answer was? The Witch. The Witch, yeah, and I was a bit surprised by that, but fair enough. Why? It's just because we haven't watched it that much, but I remember I've you... I've seen it more than you. Yeah, yeah, you have, yeah. Well, like that's three what I mean. times. I just, I didn't think it was going to be one of your picks, but like when you said it, I was like, okay, yeah, that's something I could see Zilla picking. And then your second pick was... Annabelle. That blows my mind. Why? I don't get it. I like it. I know you like Annabelle, but we talked about Annabelle. And I don't so remember. what? Like I, I just... really enjoyed it. If like if you, I'm alone, well, not alone because that's scary. But if you tell me I'm putting a horror movie and just like oh I'm sick, order pizza, I put Anna. That's fine. I would not. I'm not, again. I I'm not. Think it's not an attack. Thing. But you. it feels like that. I was just shocked because we talked about Annabelle, and I don't remember. Thinking, oh, Isella thinks this is the best film we've ever talked about. Or your favourite. Maybe not the best, but your favourite. Because, I mean, yeah, we did all the Conjuring spin-offs. And we haven't done the Conjuring main series. I was just shocked. So there you go. That's the kind of variation you're going to get on this show. So, we carried on with the NFL bets last night. We got 7 out of 13 correct. Still not one. And anything else horror? Oh, we saw Ready or Not at the cinema. Ready or Not. Here I come. Thoughts? I really, really like it. I really liked it as well. It is funny when it needs to be funny, and it is super brutal when it needs to be super brutal. So if you're wanting to check out a horror film at the cinema, ready or not, it's out. Give it a chance. 
that's obviously for people in the UK because people in the US will be like, yeah, it's been out for six months or whatever. It's only out recently here. And we also watched The Exorcist 3. Yeah. Which is the film we're going to talk about today. Before I get into The Exorcist 3 and before I get into the inner word, if any of you are regular listeners here, you'll remember that Hizela said she thinks she's seen another <laughs> Exorcist film before. <coughs> Based on the fact that there's an image you have in your head that wasn't in The Exorcist 1. Yes. Which you thought was the only one you'd seen. So you were like, it must have been another one. So it wasn't The Exorcist 2, The Heretic. Can can I ask you now, was it The Exorcist 3? No. It was not. So the mystery (laughs) remains. (laughs) I think we're going to finish. What was it? I think we're going to finish this. Are you sure it was an Exorcist? Yes. Yes, it was The Exorcist. Or involves a Ouija board. That doesn't necessarily mean it was the Exorcist. I know, that's what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. So, Exorcist 3, Isela. In a word? Thriller. Thriller? Yes. Your word is. That's my word. It feels like a trailer. Like I'm watching this, I don't know, Hannibal Lecter movie thing, mm-hmm. serial killers and stuff like that. It didn't feel like an Exorcist movie. It didn't feel like an Exorcist yeah. movie. Okay, but it does, but it does deal a lot with religion and theology and yeah, and a lot of the serial killers, like um, I don't know, the Red Dragon. Yeah, that's religious thing and stuff like that. How is the Red Dragon's not religious? Yeah, it's because he thinks like to go to the other world and stuff like no, that. No, it's not. It's because of the painting, a uh, cloaked in the thingy of sun or whatever. Yes, it has to do with the evil and stuff. No, it's not religious. Okay, Red anyway. Anyway, right, so you think thriller. Yes. Uh, my word is... <laughs> flossum. <laughs> oh my god, I hate your made-up words. It's a made-up word combining flawed and awesome. So I really enjoyed it, but I do think there are issues with it, which we will get into as we discuss. Um, as I mentioned again in previous episodes, some people really, really like this one. Um, I know Macklemore... Not even going to explain who that is, but it's not the rapper. He's a fan of it, and he released a video earlier this year about a new uh, sort of kind of director's cut version mm-hmm. because the original version that we saw was heavily um, what's the word like edited or changed by the studio. So um, William Peter Blatty, who wrote The Exorcist uh, screenplay and novel. Yeah, he directed this film, so he comes back to the series after being super angry. Well, I don't know if he was angry, super disappointed with the Exorcist Two. Uh, he said he laughed at it, <laughs> and I'm not surprised because that film is weird. It's weird, yeah. So he tries to write a script for the Exorcist Three. Nobody's buying, so he decides, screw it, I'll write a novel instead, and he calls it Legion. Now it is. A sequel to The Exorcist, his novel, but it doesn't really deal with Pazuzu. <laughs> There's no exorcism in it. By the way, he called me Pazuzu the whole weekend because seriously, my voice sounds so like demon. When she says that he called me that, she means me, not William Peter Blatty. We don't know, <laughs> we don't know William Peter Blatty. I don't know that. I think guy. he's dead as well. R.I.P. <laughs> but anyway, he was in my dream. <laughs> um, so he writes Legion. And then from there, the novel gets takes off and he adapts it for a film. Some people think that this probably shouldn't have been called The Exorcist 3. 
that it should have been called Legion and maybe not connected itself with. Now it is connected to the Exorcist. They mention the McNeils. They mention Reagan. They mention stuff, yeah. But as you said, it does feel like it takes place in a sort of. It's like in the same world, but a different thing. If that makes sense. Or yeah, it sense? feels like. I don't know, like Hannibal, I thought. It does feel like Hannibal, yes. A lot. It's like, take Hannibal Lecter and put it in the world of the Exorcist. (laughs) And that's what the film is. So, uh, it starts with a police officer played by George C. Scott, but can't for the life of me remember his name. He is investigating a series of murders that have hit Georgetown and... They are reminiscent of the Gemini killer, who was a serial killer 15 years before. Also, it was an actual killer. Who? The Gemini. In real life or in the movie? Yeah, in real life. No, it's based on the Zodiac. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The Gemini killer is made up for the movie, but based on the Zodiac. So, the Gemini killer in the movie, in the story, was a serial killer 15 years before, but was caught and electrocuted in the electric chair and died and now 15 years later a series of killings are taking place which kind of replicate that that is your sort of basic setup for the story Mm -hmm. and each of the killings also have some sort of religious undertones connections they all seem to occur to people who are in the priesthood or around a church blah 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 the um the boy that's killed at the start, for example, they say was crucified uh, and his head was de- decapitated and he, it was replaced by the statue, uh, the head of a statue of Christ. So there's all this sort of stuff which kind of connects it to the Exorcist, but not overtly, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we know that the police officer, I need to find out his name, but he was friends with Damien Karras. Yes. Who is the priest from the first movie, who uh, saves Reagan essentially, like she take he take, sorry no he takes the Pazuzu the demon into him and jumps down the stairs. Pazuzu. So is there anything in the start? This I think there was a bit that creeped you out with the oh. uh, Jesus opening his eyes, the statue oh, of Jesus. Yes, because they're in this church. Yeah, and then this they're showing us all this. Figures in the church and mm-hmm. roses and the chairs and the altar, and then some kind of demons get inside and destroy things. Mm-hmm. And then you see the virgin crying, uh, and then this statue of Jesus Christ on the cross open the eyes, and I freak out there like it looked so weird and so, like, yeah, that freaked me out. Uh, that's when we ah that's when they found the first no that's the second killing that's the first killing oh it's with the kid no 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 no. Uh, it's, yeah I think so I think it might be with the kid uh, it's also just really the, the opening the second killing is uh, Father Dyer the priest yeah, oh, in the confession. hospital is it not in the hospital no it's the third that's the third killing yeah the second was in confession time which is another priest. Another priest giving confession, and we oh, can't that's see. Weird. That's creepy because it's a really old lady who's talking to like, him. Oh, father! You can't see her. Me. You just hear her. 
Yeah. And she says, like, I killed 17 people and this, that, and the next thing, and blah, blah, blah. And it's really creepy. And then she kills the priest. And again, they're decapitated. And Kinderman, William Kinderman, Lieutenant Kinderman, that's the police officer's name. Okay. He, every time he checks the bodies, he looks at specific things, like on their hands. We're not entirely sure what he's doing, but he obviously knows uh, what he's doing. And he takes his friend, Father Dyer, to see uh, It's a Wonderful Life at the cinema. Yes. Yes. And then... uh, Did you like that movie? I love that movie. I think it's amazing. It always makes me cry. I'm trying to think. Uh, it it was probably my biggest cry at a film until Coco last year. Oh my god, Coco. We're, was... we're getting in that time of the year that you need to watch Coco. <sighs> that, is a, that was like a 10 minute <laughs> sob. <laughs> like, that. that's that's the, the worst I've ever been hit oh. by a film. Oh, yes, I know. Yeah, love Coco. Great film. Um, so... Father Dyer is hospitalized, and this is kind of my issue with the film. He gets hospitalized for what? We don't really know. Like, does it show you? It doesn't show you him faint or anything. Like, he's fine, and then yeah. the, the cop goes home and sees his family, and then the next thing he gets a call and says, oh, hey, Father Dyer's in the hospital. And you're like, why? Did he have problems? Did he have heart problems? Does it, it doesn't set anything up. And I think the editing in this film is sometimes kind of strange. Yeah, because I noticed that too. Like, remember I told you there was like, ha, he moved. He moved really fast. Who did? In the movie. I don't know. One of the priests or whatever. And I told you, that cut, like, really weird. There's really strange cuts in this, I think. And that makes me feel like jumpy. I don't know. And I thought it was like me just being late. I don't know. So this this is down to the idea of, I think... This is why I said Flossom. Like, I enjoyed this film. Yeah. Uh, I like the story it tells. But I think if it had... Like, William Peter Blatty isn't really a film director. He's a novelist. Mm -hmm. And then he wrote some screenplays. I think... And originally, uh, William Friedkin, who directed The First Exorcist, was attached to direct this as well. And I think if it had someone like Friedkin, a more professional hand, uh, it would have just been a bit tighter yeah but also the studio did demand some changes for example like i said the exorcism there is an exorcism at the end of this film which kind of comes out of nowhere like the priest that does it is always yeah. just been in the background unconnected unconnected and then somehow he knows to go to the the hospital and that bit like it just it just happens yeah uh, and that's because the studio were like but it's an exorcist film why would there be an exorcist film without an exorcism? But the main character in this is a police officer, not a priest. So um, I just feel like if maybe if William Peter Blatty stuck to his guns a bit more and said, no, it doesn't need that. I don't know. Maybe it would have been a weirder film, but I just feel like it could have been tighter. But anyway, the priest dies in the hospital. Uh, Father Dyer. Yeah. And on the wall is It's a Wonderful Life well, written in blood. He's killed in the hospital. Yeah, he's murdered. His blood is is drained from his body. Yes. And not spilled. Not a drop of it is spilled. Because and they say, Oh, this killer has um, surgery Surgical knowledge. knowledge yeah. It's like and I was like, Oh my god, this is Hannibal, this is Hannibal. the T V show. Uh, 
like oh my god like I, I well was it's the way thinking... that it's not only the fact that they've got surgical knowledge it's the way that he kills people yeah. so there was decapitating replacing the head with the statue the, of Jesus crucifying them there is draining a person completely of blood from their body and not spilling it but then not only that but lining the cups filled with their blood next to them on the table like yeah. it's so overtly over the top it feels a little bit like Hannibal um, if you've not watched Hannibal, get it watched. The best TV series of all time. Um, but the, so the the fingerprints at each crime scene don't match, though. Yeah. That's one thing we learned. So that indicates that a different person is responsible. And then, that's when Kinderman reveals to the hospital staff, like remember the hospital guys screaming at him, like oh, yeah, just yeah. going off his nut. And then he says, "Do you remember the Gemini killer?" And he had a certain uh, MO, modus operandi, or whatever you call it, like a certain technique. This is what he did. And he's like, yeah. And he goes, that wasn't true. We lied to the press to say what his MO was. And they were like, why would you do that? And it's like, because you got all the crazy people coming in going, I am the Gemini killer. And we'd say, okay, how did you kill this person? And then they would tell us the what f- they heard the f- on from the, TV. Yeah, what the they heard papers. in the press, which was a lie. Yeah. And he goes, but the real MO is what is happening now to these people. And we didn't release that to anyone. So the only people who know that are the police and the Gemini killer. But the Gemini killer was electrocuted. It can't be him, but it somehow is. And then that's where the whole sort of spirituality demon thing comes into it. And then he he spots at the hospital in the sort of secluded zone someone who looks a lot like Father Damien Karras. Yeah. And... He interviews him. You notice because I, I was watching it and you said like, oh, did you see? Did you see? And I'm like, what? Who's in there? Who's in there? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I didn't notice. Yeah, it's Father you told me. Yeah. Now, here's another thing I know about the original sort of what. Now, this is why I'm interested to read the book. Oh, is there a book? Yeah, I just told you. I told you this. This is... This is Thank you, people. This is key evidence of Mozilla not listening. She's sitting here with me in the room, and if you go back ten minutes, you will hear me talk about how William Peter Blatty couldn't get this off the ground as a film, and that's so wrote true. it as a book called Legion. Okay, yeah, that's right. true. I remember you know there's a book, now. The Exorcist is a book first. No, I didn't know that. We talked about this in the Exorcist episode! <laughs> okay, very quickly. William Peter Blatty, who wrote the screenplay for The Exorcist uh-huh. and the screenplay for this uh-huh. and directed this one, but uh-huh. not The Exorcist, is a novelist. Oh. And he wrote a book, The Exorcist. Oh, okay. That got sold for a film and he wrote the screenplay. Uh-huh. Then he wanted to make a sequel to it because he hated Exorcist 2. He's like, I've got an he idea for a sequel. Involved. He wasn't involved. Okay. No. And neither was William Friedkin, who directed The Exorcist. And he said, I'm sorry for repeating this, but I want you to tell the answer. <laughs> So he wrote a screenplay. Yes. Nothing happens. Okay. And he decides, screw it, I'll write it as a book. And he calls it Legion. And it's a sequel to The Exorcist, but it's kind of like a side sequel, as in it's in the same town, it's in the same it's universe. universe. Everyone knows the McNeils, everyone knows Damien Karras, everyone knows Father Merrin, blah, blah, blah. But Pazuzu's not in it. There isn't an exorcism in it. It's not dealing with that. It's about a serial killer and demonology and all that stuff, but in a different way. That book is successful enough for them to say, we want to make that a movie. Okay. It's going to be The Exorcist 3. And he goes, fine. uh, William Friedkin will direct it. Same director as The Exorcist. Okay. But then him and Friedkin don't agree on where the film should go. So Friedkin drops out. out, And 
uh, Blatty takes over. And it's the second and second and final film he ever directed. Which is why I said, I think if it had a steadier hand directing, a more professional director, it might have been a tighter film. But th- Because then also the studio could pressure Blatty to say, look, if you want this film to be a success, and you want it to be The Exorcist 3, there has to be an exorcism in it. And so he was, he had to bow, because he didn't have the clout. Yeah. You know, it's not like Christopher Nolan being like, I'm not doing that. And they're saying, yeah, you are. And he goes, eh, I think you find I made like four movies that have grossed a billion dollars. I do what I and want. And I know what I'm doing, yeah. I know what I'm doing. So, that's why some people have said maybe it should have been called Legion and not The Exorcist 3, kind of like the book. Yeah. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. So, what I was saying was, I want to read the book because Damien Carris in this is played by Damien Carris yeah, yeah, from the, the, from the first, first movie. Part, yeah. But he turns into the Gemini killer who's played by Brad Dorif. Yeah. Like they change face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they change voice. Yeah, what's the movie too? Yeah. <laughs> right. In what William Peter Blatty originally intended for the film and in his a director's cut which you can buy but it's not really a director's cut because it's kind of just got like uh, stock footage in it. Like I told you this. Documentary thing. It's got like rehearsal footage in the film mm-hmm. because they don't have the final cut. Yeah. So they had to put it in. Brad Dorif plays that role entirely. Oh. He doesn't change face. He doesn't change who he is. It's always Brad Dorif. Okay. So I want to know then how that means he can't recognize him as Damien Carris. Yeah. So he must recognize him as the Gemini killer. But that changes the entire idea of him sitting in wait because Karis is a, a, he's in a vegetative state yeah. for 12 years. That that removes all of that. The whole thing, the whole structure of it changes. Yeah. Which is why I would want to read the book. So basically, he recognises Karis yes. in this version of the film. The theatrical, original release version. And when he talks to Damien Karis... He he mentions something about the Gemini killer and the Gemini killer being dead. And the camera goes into his eyes, back out. And it's no longer Damon yeah. Harris. It's Father, uh, it's it's Brad it's, Dourif. Yes. And he says, I am alive. And you're like, whoa, his face changed. He's changed who he is. Yeah. And that's where the whole sort of thing of like, he's possessed Karis and he can change. Uh, to be honest, when we were watching the movie, I was confused about like, like who is this person? Because I think at the first time that it does that, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I've been doing bad things and I can do whatever. And I'm like, okay, who are you, a demon? Who, who, like, it yeah. doesn't explain, oh, it's me, um, this killer. Well, it just like says, oh, yes, I've been doing things. I can do things. Oh, do, don't tempt me because I might do it. And I'm like, okay, you are a demon? You, what are you? Like, who are you? Because they so never the Gemini sh- Killer is a man. Yeah, just yeah. A man. but they never showed the face before until like there's a, I think, third time we see this person. Mm-hmm. Then they took a file. They from, take a file and you yeah, see and it. Yeah, and you see like, oh, this is the killer yeah. that's actually possessing Father Karis. Karis. Yeah. yeah. But at first I was like, the first three times that I saw that guy, I was like, who's this? Fair enough. Basically, what... Gemini Killer later on reveals to um, Lieutenant Kinderman is that he is being helped by the Master. Now he never names the Master, but we assume it to be some sort of the devil, the demon, the spirit, devil, ha! Right? 
Uh, it was the same entity that possessed Reagan. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, it's probably Pazuzu or the devil or whatever. But it, they don't ever mention Pazuzu in this. No. The master was angry about being exercised by Damien Karras. Mm-hmm. Successfully exercised. The problem is Pazuzu. And is therefore getting revenge by using Karras's body as a conduit to do bad things. To keep the Gemini killer alive. Yeah. To keep his spirit alive. Because the master think he was doing a great job. Yeah, essentially. Needed more to do. But the Gemini, because Damien Karras is in a vegetative state and can't move, it's something, because he mentioned something to do with his brain cells. It takes 12 years to get his brain cells back together. The Gemini killer had to um, wait that amount of time before he could, you know, be stronger or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then once he's got to that stage, he can leave Karis's body and possess other people, which is why the fingerprints at all the crime scenes don't match, because he's possessing all these old people at this uh, this hospital. And it's why the old woman is the person who murdered the priest, who we don't yeah. see but we hear. Um, it's something to do with those that are closer to death are easier to possess. It's, it's, it gets really strange and like there's a lot of fucking <laughs> a lot of like you know hoops to jump through to sort of buy into this but I find it kind of interesting like yeah. I, I find it an interesting way to sort of play both a murder mystery and an exorcist story as one if that makes yeah, sense yeah like this exorcist to the heretic is just obsessed with Let's do more demony kind of stuff, mm. and this one's like, no, 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 no. Let's do a murder mystery, but a demon's responsible. How do you arrest a demon? Yeah, and I find that kind of interesting. Yeah, that could happen, guys. And then, of course, I said to you, I knew two scenes. Yeah, and um, one of them being the scene that probably everybody's seen, the most famous one, which is the nurse doing her rounds at night time. Oh, in the white thing. So she Coming hears out. a noise yeah. and she goes into a room and it's just ice melting in a cup. And then there's a brief jump. Somebody wakes up and is like, hey, what are you doing in here? <laughs> anyway, she comes back out. And what I love is she's scared now. Yeah. She's alone in this hospital and things have been happening in the city and, you know, stuff's a little bit weird. She is scared because she hears a noise again and doesn't do anything. And then the police come in. And the police officer sits down like he's there to, you know, just in case, you know, as I say, weird stuff's been happening. And she feels a bit reassured. Okay, there's a police officer here with me now. Fine. And the camera just sits up at the top of the hall. I like that. I like, I that's like where I think William Peter, like he had a good, good, good ideas because I think some directors would overthink it. And it's just, no, the camera just sits back in the hall and you can see the whole hallway. And she starts to check the rooms. Yeah. And as she's checking the rooms, the police officer, someone else comes in and says, like, takes them away. Like, yeah. we need you to sell for whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he leaves. And you're like, oh, she's on her own now, but she doesn't know she's on her own. Yeah. And then as she's walking back to her desk, boom, the camera zooms in. There's a big loud music. like, blah, 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 And somebody <laughs> in a white sheet is following her with, like, garden shears open. Yeah, that was so creepy. It's super creepy. But I've never seen that. I've that seen that scene before because I've heard... Famous scene. Yeah, it is. Because people say it's like... Like, I remember first seeing it on YouTube and people were like, look at this silly jump scare. Like, it's so funny. But then when I watched it, I was like, I don't think that is funny. That creeps me out. <laughs> but that to be really honest, I can creep you out sometimes. Yeah, I know. But yeah, you can also creep yourself out. Remember the other night? 
He's always trying to creep me out by going, what's the noise you do to creep me out? Yeah. So you were doing that in the hallway. Yeah. And then what happened? And then I, I was scared. <laughs> you creeped yourself out. <laughs> I don't know. I had that capacity. <laughs> so, um... So that's a famous scene, and I'd seen that before, and I was super excited when that came on. I was like, oh, what? But you didn't actually jump that much. No, I didn't. I was a bit disappointed with because I thought you were going to shoot yourself. I was like trying to put the volume up as the film went on, so that when it got to that, it'd be loud, but obviously not successful. (laughs) And then the other famous scene, or I don't know about famous, but the other one I've seen is when Lieutenant Kinderman is finally sort of caught on to what's happening. The Gemini killer's kind of told him what he's doing. Kind of, but not really. Mm-hmm. He then investigates the hospital. And he walks around and he sees all these old people. Yes. And they're, but they're not possessed or anything. They're just old. They're just, they're just a little bit weird because they've got, you know, certain issues. Um, whether it be mental or, or psychological or whatever. But they're old. And it's kind of like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, kind of, it looks like. Yeah. The hospital and that. And... As he's walking around, do you remember what happens? No. Above him. On the roof. Oh, yeah, the the old ladies. There's like another spider walk. There's a spider walk in this one too. An old lady is crawling on the ceiling uh, behind him. And she's moving slightly too fast. Now, here's another issue. Here's where I think Blatty kind of doesn't trust himself. So he trusts himself in the hallway scene to just be like, I'm going to leave the camera here. Yeah. I'm not going to do anything. In this, I think he backs out of himself because he has a long sort of wide shot again where you can see the whole room and you can see her crawling. Oh, boom, 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 yeah. And it's super creepy. But then he has a close-up of her looking over her shoulder down to the ground and it just looks weird. I don't like it yeah, when it cuts I don't to like her. That. Yeah, because she doesn't look overtly scary. She just looks like an old lady. Yeah, she's in so the roof. With her doing something unnatural, it looks weird. But when it cuts to her, she's stopped. So it looks like she's just kind of hanging silly, on. Yeah. She's just standing. She's just hanging on. And you're like, yeah, it doesn't look weird anymore. It just looks like, why is she on the roof? But when she's moving, it's weird. And I just wish he had held the white shot and had her crawling around. Uh, and that's when we sort of see. Like, we overtly see the Gemini killer can possess these old people because how else is she on the ceiling? Now, does anybody else die in the times that we've been talking about? Eh, uh, well. Because we've obviously jumped a lot through the this film. boy. Well, there were the nurse. Two of fathers. Course. Yeah. Uh, the nurse that I said with, the, with the, the garden shears, she dies. Okay. And then. Oh, the Doctor Temple commits suicide. The Doctor commits suicide. Oh, he injects yeah. himself. Yeah. But yeah. again, we don't see him do it. We see the aftermath of it, which is just them finding That's his bottle. Body, sorry. Uh, and then, of course... Uh, oh, the other priest. There's a blonde priest. Yeah, that's what I mean. Who he's just that? in the background. I don't really know who he is. They don't even have a name. Why but he's important? I don't know, but he he becomes important. <laughs> I know, At but the end, why? That's what I mean. You don't know. You still don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know why he. Like he's just. It just cuts to him every now and again. And he's yeah. just doing stuff. Is he reading about these killings? I can't remember. 
But he turns up at the hospital to perform the exorcism. Like how but he how does he him? know? Exactly. Yeah. I have no idea. It's like, I, I don't know about the character. I mean, that, fair enough. That's but... what I mean. And that's what I think the studio are like, we need an exorcism. So they kind of just throw this into the side. It's like, well, because your main character in this is a police officer. So yeah. he's not going to perform an exorcism. Um, oh my God. We forgot one scene that really creeps you out. What? When he's in the, is it the church? Or he's in the the, the home of the bishop? Is it the house of the bishop? He's in a room talking to a bishop and then the lights start to go out. The police officer, the lights mm-hmm. start to go out. And he goes out and it's all dark. And for some reason the bishop oh, doesn't move. Yeah, and yeah. so then a part of me was going, is this just in his head? Like, why is why is the bishop not moving? Yeah, like, yeah, not yeah. reacting. He goes out into the hall, everything's dark. And then again, you get a wide shot from down a corridor mm-hmm. and you see there's a statue in the corner. I'm getting chills thinking yeah. about it. And for some reason, the statue's been painted over with the Joker's face from Batman the cartoon. Oh, yes. It's so cool. I don't know if it is that, but it no, looks like not, that. No, it's not, but it looks like that. It's, and it's just got this wide smile, and it looks so creepy. Yeah. That's giving me goosebumps thinking about it. Like, this film is effective at times. Like, that smile reminds me to the movie we watched a month ago. Stories to tell in the dark. Scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah. And the fat... Smiley woman. No, that that's more like it's some it's not a sinister. That. Like There's Momo. no teeth. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it, I thought that the smile was like it reminds me that. It also doesn't remind me of the Momo because the Momo, yes, it goes too wide up the face. But there's no teeth in it. Whereas this is the proper job. But yeah, I get what you mean. It's a big wide smile. But the eyes don't suggest smiling. The eyes suggest anyway, that seems super creepy. Uh the Gemini killer sends an old lady to uh, the lieutenant's house and is going to kill the family. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, he gets home in time and saves his family. And that's when, at the same time, this blonde priest that we've been cutting to every now and again goes to the hospital and is like, I'm going to perform this exorcism. Mm-hmm. And that exorcism scene, just it just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> I know. And it's not even that good. Like, the, the, it, it does the thing which I like, which I don't like, that The Exorcist film... Do you like I or do, not like? In this that. one, I don't like it. The Exorcism in this is big. Yeah. There's snakes. There's fire. There's throwing up against a wall. There's, be, there's like, a lot of wind. Then there's his skin sticks to the wall. Oh, and my God, it. yes. I was like, ah! But see if you compare it to the exorcism, exorcism scene from the, the mm-hmm. first film. Yeah. And as I said in this podcast, I like how small it is. There's no music. There's no big set piece. The big set piece is she floats off the bed really slowly. She doesn't do anything to them. It's just unnatural. And there's just the 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 whole the sound drains away, and it's just them breathing. Yeah. And I think this one goes big, and I I think when it goes big, it kind of reminds you that it's not real. Yeah. And then you're like, ah, it's just a bit too much. Yeah. But I kind of, but then you can say, did Blatty put that in there so out of tone with the rest of the film in the hope that the studio would go, okay, cut it out. It's not needed. Cut it out. Ah. But they didn't. They were like, no, keep it in. (laughs) I I don't know. Like, I don't know. No, I'm not saying he did. I don't know a lot about the behind the scenes stuff of this film. I just know that there were issues, which is why I think this film 
as interesting as it is and entertaining as it is, is not the underloved masterpiece that some people think it is. Like some people are like, oh, it's better than the first one. It's not. And the reason being, there's too much going on behind the scenes to change the story as it exists. And there's not enough, not professionalism, that's the wrong word, experience at the helm of the film to be able to say, this is what we're going to do and this is what we're sticking to, blah, blah, blah. And so I think it's an entertaining, interesting little film. I was blown away that this was made in 1990, um, which is the year I was born. Because The Exorcist, to me, seems like such a product of the 70s. To have The Exorcist 3 be a 90s film just feels weird to me. Even though I know the next two we're talking about are mid-2000s, it just, The Exorcist feels like such a 70s thing. And this being by the same guy who wrote the first one, but it's now the 90s. I know it's 1990, bang on, but anyway. So, I mean, that's basically the film. The film uh, ends with this exorcism scene and they beat the Gemini killer. And uh, Damien Karras finally regains control of his own spirit and the Gemini spirit and orders uh, Lieutenant Kinderman, who turns up midway through the exorcism, uh, to kill him. And so he does. Yeah. Kind of like, like he sacrifices himself again. And you're like, poor Damien Karras. Yes. Like, what has he done to deserve this? He helps Reagan in the first one by, <laughs> by, by uh, contracting the demon into himself and then sacrificing his body. And then in this one, he's possessed the entire film. And then when in the second he, gained re- he regains control, <laughs> he's like, kill me. Just don't, this is going to go bad. Just kill me. And you're like, this is twice he's done that. I know. What a guy. Yeah. If there is a god... And he didn't even want that. He kept out. And then he ended up... Yeah, in the exorcist one, he's save, like, I don't think we should do this exorcism. the world twice. I, I know. And then and then this is just another thing about like how weird it is. And then they watch his body get buried. But it's such a weird scene. Yeah. It's just the two of them standing at the end of a grave. Uh, the blonde priest and the cop. And you don't even see anything going into the grave. You just see them standing on the edge of a grave and then boom, end. And <laughs> you're like, what was that? I assume it was Damien Karras's grave, but... Was there a funeral service or what? Like it just, it's just like 30 seconds. <laughs> and you're just like, it's so strangely edited. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. And yeah, so that's, that's our thoughts on the Exodus 3. <laughs> it's, that's again, messy and we're missing out a lot. Or which probably is good, we if are you want, messy. If you're wanting to watch it. Yeah. Cause I mean, this part, like, I think what we're good at talking about with films is just kind of like how it made us feel rather yeah. than what actually went on. How make us feel? Where did you say I got scared? Did you get scared at any point in this film? Uh, or creeped out? At the start, yeah. With Jesus opening his with eyes. Jesus opened his eyes. Jesus, you scared me. And the the statue with the face painted on it. Oh, yeah. That's creepy. Um, so, yeah, that is Exodus 3. As no. uh, we explained, probably should be called Legion and just be a sort of side sequel to the Exodus rather than a straight up entry into this franchise but it is it's uh, definitely better than Exodus 2 so Isella favourite death favourite death as always and this one there's a few it it's not my favourite death like it is it's not your favourite death then don't worry that's not the answer then it's not what I'm asking it is my favourite death (laughs) but we don't see it but because of the description yeah I really like it. So, the kid. The first kid that 
What? Yeah, the why one. Why are you laughing? Yeah, right, okay. Explain I mean, why you're laughing. Because technically, you don't see my favorite death in the film either, but you see the act kind of. You see the build up, but yours you don't see anything. You just exactly. hear about it. You see anything, but you heard about it, and this, that's the first thing that when I was watching the movie, I was like, "Oh my god, this is so Hannibal! This is yeah. so Mindhunter!" Yeah. I mean, it's a bit more Hannibal than Mindhunter. No, I just remember because they crucified the baby. Remember? Season 2, Mindhunter. Spoilers! Oh, sorry. Well, <laughs> and then in this one, the kill gets killed and they get yeah. crucified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, ooh, Mindhunter, Hannibalistic, and all that style. So Can yeah. we coin that right now? I don't, I don't know anyone else that says Hannibalistic. Okay. But we've said it a few times over the years since that show came out. Can we... That's a scare producing. We're going to get that in the dictionary. <laughs> Hannibalistic. Yes. There we go. And this film is Hannibalistic. It's really Hannibalistic. Uh, my favourite death is the nurse. The, I, and I'd already seen it before, but I think it is iconic in a film that isn't quite, uh, you know, isn't quite seen enough for it to be iconic. Mm-hmm. But I think if this film had been a huge success, it was a decent success. It made a bit of money. But if this had been like the success The Exorcist was, I think everybody would know the Halloween nurse scene. Yeah. But as it is, people who are into horror kind of know it. But other than that, not so much. But again, you don't actually see her die. You just see a person in a white sheet following her with shears and then there's a shot to a headless statue. And we know that he's been replacing the heads of the bodies with the statue's head. So, mm. Which is creepy. See? It's Hannibalistic. <laughs> said it like four times already. <laughs> oh never God. said it before. He's scoping me. I know, I am. Sorry. So that is The Exorcist 3. This has been recorded on International Podcast Day. Yeah, happy International Podcast Day. And I'll try and get up tonight. It's still it's only half past eight. Well, we're still early it's still in Americans. Early. In what? The Americans. <laughs> and uh, up next... <laughs> Is going to be Exorcist the Beginning, which I believe is from 2003 or 4 or 5 or something like that. And I am super interested to talk about that film. Because maybe that's the one that I remember. (laughs) Maybe, but also it's considered terrible. The next two aren't considered good, but they are some of the strangest films to be produced I've ever heard of, how they made them. So I'm interested to talk about them. A little bit of behind the scenes stuff. Which we don't do enough of in this, but hey. So uh, that is us for tonight. I yes. don't have anything else to say, really. And um, horror related coming out. I mean, yes! we're about to hit October. We're about to hit Halloween. To season. hit October. And if you go to Twitter right now, guess what? Stranger Things 4. And now it's not in Hawkins. Ooh, I haven't watched what? the teaser yet. Have you? Have you watched the teaser? No, it's just words. Oh, so basically, well, it's a strange. We are not in Hawkins anymore. Four, and is we're not in Hawkins anymore. Apparently, they're gonna go to Russia. Apparently, <sighs> the people who created Stranger Things, the Duffer Brothers, is that their name? Yeah. Apparently, they got a nine se- a nine figure sum from Netflix for season four. Whoa. Like, fucking successful. Yes. And well done to them. And I know some people are like, it just rips off of the eighties stuff, but it does in a way. That also creates an interesting story. Yes. You know, I'm I'm fully in. As long as they're not on Hawkins, as long as it's still got the same cast. 
Yeah. I know they're growing up, but like, I, I like Steve. I want Steve to be there. Uh, I, I like Rob. Is it Robin? The girl he fancies, but she's lesbian. She's a, yeah. Um, yeah, Scoot I like Scoot. her. Like, I want them to be back. So, yeah. You've got to have the kids. Sorry, we're doing Stranger Things. Um, and that's, I think that's everything. That's everything. We need to start thinking about our Halloween costumes. Yep. Because we need to get them ready before we're going to Mexico. Going to Mexico soon, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you have any suggestions about... I had one suggestion. I'll okay. just say it out loud. I was at, at asking the people that I know, listening. I I'm going to tell so, them my So if you have any suggestions, just let us know. Chucky and Tiffany. Also, Brad Dourif is in this film and he plays Chucky, so... Or he's the voice. Uh, apart from that. Twins from The Shining. Anyway, thanks very much for listening. Hasta la... Breaking Bad. 